0: I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs, but how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds?
1: Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. KGW's Rod Hill.
3: Are First Amendment Friday on the Lars Larson Show. Happy Friday! Friday is for everybody. Today, Lars puts you in the driver's seat. You talk about what you want to talk about. Government is the problem. No topic is off limits. Call line, dog pony shows all eight six six a Lars. That's eight six six a Lars.
4: Thank goodness
3: it's Friday. Happy Friday. Friday. This is this it is First Amendment Friday
0: with Lars Larson.
3: Furnace!
0: Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show and welcome to my favorite day of the week, the day we open up the phone lines and everybody gets a chance to say they're said. I'll tell you what, there is so much to talk about today. Uh, we're going to start with this, though. A non-citizen votes for two dozen years in Washington state elections. She gets caught. She faces five felony charges, and a very political prosecutor by the name of Tony Golick, that's the Clark County prosecutor, just simply says, I'm not going to bring any charges at all. Two dozen years of casting ballots in American elections, in this case in Washington state. Now, somebody tell me, oh, no, our votes are very well guarded by the Secretary of State of Washington, Secretary of State of Oregon. Oh, they're keeping an eye on all all of this. She's a non-citizen. And she even says, she admits to the prosecutor when they did the investigation, her name, believe it or not, is Alexandra Batman. Well, Batman admits that she knew it was illegal for her to vote. She admits that she registered to vote. She admits that she cast the ballots. In fact, she's voted in five elections just since November of 2015. And she does not meet the minimum requirements that you be a citizen to vote in Washington state. And I'm going to get into this in detail because we also have to talk about the fact that move over Merrick Garland, because if you thought Merrick Garland as attorney general under Joe Biden was very, very political, Tony Golick makes him pale by comparison, because at the same time that Tony Golick says, I've caught somebody red handed, dead to rights, five felony charges for illegal voting. And he's not going to prosecute her. He's going after a very well-known conservative that you hear on this program. We'll get into the details of that in just a moment. But first, since it's First Amendment Friday, glad to get your phone calls. If you want to jump into the best conversation and talk journalism, it happens right here every day on the Radio Northwest Network. That means 26 radio stations around Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. We endeavor to serve the region with honestly provocative talk on a daily basis. And you're welcome to join. It's 866-HEY-LARS. And if you happen to be a naysayer, you disagree with my point of view, maybe you think illegal aliens should be able to vote in America. Go ahead. Call the show. Uh, 866-439-5277. And you can claim the naysayer's privilege of going right to the head of the line as long as you have your point and can actually make a point and as long as you're willing to stick around for a few questions from me. But let me give you an idea of what's coming up first. The poll on X used to be called Twitter. Now it's X. And this one's just about as crazy as anything else going on these days. Where Capitol Police write to drop all charges for staffers having gay sex inside our nation's capital. And if you didn't hear about it a few weeks ago, we talked about it. The fact that apparently some young guy, uh, gay, uh, decided that he had to have sex with his buddy. And they weren't going to just go to an apartment or a house. They went to a Capitol hearing room, and not only that, they filmed it or videoed it, and then they posted it online. I mean, talk about doing out in front of public and in front of the public and everything. It got posted online. It got shared around, and pretty soon, you know, the police were investigating. But the Capitol police, just like Tony Golick, have decided yes. Even though these people were doing this and it seems like it ought to be against the law, we're not going to bring any charges whatsoever. It also raised uh, questions about what are known, believe it or not, on Capitol Hill as the cages. Now, if you want to know what the cages are... The cages are down in the basement of the Capitol buildings and some of the other buildings. So when members of Congress have extra furniture or extra paper records or stuff that they have to store, just like in big apartment buildings down in the basement, there are these areas that are caged off with um, cyclone fencing and they're locked up so that members of Congress can safely store belongings that belong to them or their staff or come from their Capitol office. Well, guess what else is going on in those cages? Um, Gay sex. Yeah. And we even heard about that from people like uh, you know Representative Santos, who got himself in a whole bunch of trouble because of lies he told and things like that. But he said, oh, yeah, that place is a hotbed of sex. And not only that, the people who are doing it know that there are video cameras to monitor those areas for security. And so they know who's doing it. And is anything happening with it? No, of course not. Washington, D.C. is a cesspool of illicit activity. Why would they actually do anything about it? But let me return to Clark County in the state of Washington, where the uh, the folks at Clark County today, Ken Vance in particular, Kenny Vance, writes that Tony Golick flatly refuses to prosecute this woman, who is a foreign national, who is in America, apparently legally, but has decided to vote in elections for the last 24 years, and apparently no action will be taken. Now, Tony Golick is going to simply not bring any charges at all. The Clark County Prosecutor Attorney's Office, according to uh, Ken Vance at Clark County today, has decided not to file any criminal charges against an area resident, despite admitting that she has committed multiple instances of illegal voting. So the next time somebody tells you, well, you know, we've got this solid system of vote by mail in Oregon and Washington, it's not very solid. And I think the most telling thing here is that this Alexandra Batman, who's been voting illegally for 24 years and confesses to it and then is not charged. Do you know why she said she did it? Because she didn't expect to get in trouble for it. And it turns out she was right. Now, when you have a system that says it's against the law, but we're going to take it on the honor system. If you go in to register to vote. They're going to say, we want to see picture ID so that we know what your real name is. We want to know your real date of birth. We want to know your real address so that you are voting in the right precinct, that you are registered at your true address. Do you know the one thing they don't ask for? Proof that you are an American citizen. And the answer I've always had from elections officials in both Oregon and Washington is, Well, we don't have to worry about demanding that people prove they're citizens because it says right there on the card when you sign up to vote, it says you can only vote if you're a citizen and that there's a felony prosecution if you choose to violate that rule. So they put it on the honor system and they say we trust that people are telling us the truth because otherwise they'd be prosecuted under a felony, perhaps even spend time in jail or prison if they violate that law. Well, now it turns out that exactly what Alexandra Batman believed was true, that you can go ahead and vote illegally and it doesn't matter. And why is that so significant in the election year of 2024? Because Joe Biden just invited 10 million illegal aliens to come into our country. He's planning to admit another couple of three million this year. And I think the Democrats plan for them to vote. And if they're voting in states like Washington, where they're getting the message loud and clear from the likes of Tony Golick, that if you go out and you violate a felony law and you vote illegally, nothing at all is going to happen to you. And if that's the message, how many illegals do you think you'll be sharing your voting ballots with? How is an election going to be valid when your own government says it's okay for people to vote illegally? as long as they're voting Democrat. Welcome to First Amendment Friday. It's a pleasure to be with you. Glad to get your phone calls and your emails at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And you're listening to the Radio Northwest Network. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There
1: are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to IRAadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.
5: Because you can't get enough Lars. Podcast every show at LarsLarson.com.
3: It's getting That makes a lot of sense. A lot of nonsense.
5: Right. You body well right. You know you gotta right. This is the Northwest Nonsense.
3: How much longer do we have to sit for this nonsense?
5: That great moment every day where Lars brings you the cold, hard facts without any liberal wokeness from the daily dead, fish wrapper, or mainstream media bias. For literally hundreds of years,
0: every self-governing country on Earth has created a quorum rule for governing bodies. You have to have a minimum number of members present to make any decisions. That means that when enough representatives walk out the door, they can block outrageous votes even if they happen to be in the minority america's founders believed in that modern democrats do not in oregon democrats convinced voters to punish lawmakers who walk out last year 10 republican senators walked out of the legislature to stop votes on bad law proposals that forced majority democrats to negotiate with the minority that's a good thing thomas jefferson and james madison would have been proud of what happened they didn't believe in the tyranny of the majority but apparently the democrats do The folks who wrote Measure 113, by the way, goofed in their writing of the law. The law, as written, does not deny those 10 a run for re-election, this time only the next time. Oregon Supreme Court even confirmed that that's exactly what the law says. But then the all-Democrat-appointed Supreme Court justices went ahead and denied re-election anyway, even though that's not what the law says. You know, party politics comes first. And the letter of the law, at least for the Oregon Supreme Court, comes maybe later, maybe never. Welcome to Oregon. In a related email, Byron Hillier in Salem writes in, Lars, Democrats in Salem already hold a supermajority, but now they want to change the two-thirds requirement to half plus one for the quorum. The only reason I can think of them wanting to do that is so they can get crazy laws passed that the few remaining sane ones on the majority side won't vote for. I hope I'm wrong, but probably not. Thanks for all you do, signed Byron. And now today's Daily
5: Grill. Insane. Ridiculous. They get more and more ridiculous. Flat out dumb.
2: You're even dumber than I thought.
5: Who deserves today's large Grill of the Day?
0: Maybe
2: they're just really, really stupid.
5: Find
0: out right now. I want to give the Daily Grill to a collection of elites, Tina Kotech and all the Oregon lawmakers and the voters who voted for Measure 110 to legalize hard drugs. Guess what happened? Well, it's really not a surprise. The morning of January 25th. Police swooped in, and they found four men. They arrested them. And what had those four men done? They had a U-Haul truck loaded with, I kid you not, 1.4 metric tons of liquid heroin. It was stored in 55-gallon barrels. It was in the back of a U-Haul truck, and they got arrested out in front of a Motel 6 in Tigard. Now... The police say that they trafficked the drug for the sinaloa mexico-based drug cartel agents say the truck was rented where else yakima and authorities acting on a tip spotted it traveling westbound on interstate 84 and then followed it for 50 miles to the lot of that motel and by the way i reached out to my prosecutor friend josh marquis he says by the way lars All of these cases are federal because Oregon and Portland and Multnomah County have totally dropped the ball. In this case, listen to this. You get caught with 1.4 metric tons of liquid heroin, and what is the maximum sentence for that in Oregon? He says about three years. The federal sentence will be for life. Now, they can always depart downward from life, but can you imagine? They're going to look at this as the cost of doing business. The cartels say... Hey, how many tons of heroin do we need to get to Yakima and Portland and Seattle and the Tri-Cities and Spokane and every other place in the Northwest? They say, well, we need about 50 ton. Okay, and we're going, to, uh, we're going to lose how much of that? Well, probably 40%. Okay, send 150 tons up. We'll figure that 40% of it will get taken. We'll still get all the liquid heroin we need into the region. And by the way, folks, for those of you who say, well, I don't take heroin, No, but what about your friends and your family members and your kids who are going to end up dead or addicted or a little bit of both? well, this is the result of those kinds of policies. Dave Myers writes in with today's best email so far, but you can send more to talk at LarsLarson.com. Hey, Lars, I listened to your show February 1. You were talking about the mystery unmarked buses. For the last couple of years while driving from Clackamas to Salem, I stop at the Woodbourne Walmart and I see a couple of unmarked white tour buses parked in the McDonald's. The tourists getting off those buses, always Hispanic. Most tour companies are proud of their business. They have big signs on the outside these do not i imagine these should have something like uncle joe's uh, uncle joe's tours on the side even though there'd be an increase in mostly peaceful protests i can't wait for president trump to be reelected keep up the good work signed dave it is first amendment friday let's go on this day for phone calls uh first to tory hey tory thanks for listening on the radio northwest network what's on your mind hey
6: thanks for talking to me lars a couple sure. stories ago, you covered my okay. exact story. I moved up here in 92 to District 3, and I registered to vote. I was expecting to have to show my ID, and... Social Security card, something to prove who I was. No, I only needed a letter with my address on it and swear that I'm that person and that I'm a U.S. citizen. Well, that really upset me. And so ever since 92, I've been trying to uh, reach out to the county auditor, you no know, avail. I reached out to Jamie Herrera Bueller when she was in office because, you know, uh, Trump, I thought, oh, that's going to just go wrong here in this state, and I wanted an audit. I want her to write legislation to change that registration policy, and nothing. Never heard from her. Although she did respond to some other letters I wrote, but I got so desperate I even wrote um, Mike Lindell, you know, the savior of
3: the,
0: the of my guy. Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah, and Tom Fitton, who also does
0: that same
6: thing Fitton, Fitton for, for Judicial
0: People. Watch. They do a lot of good work and they pry loose a lot of information. Tori, here's the biggest fraud against both Oregon and Washington, when you ask these people in charge, Secretary of State or whoever it happens to be, well, how do you know illegals and uh, non-citizens are not voting? And they say, well, because right there on that piece of paper they sign, it says if you're signing this and, and you're not a citizen, you're committing a felony. The only thing is, Tory, there aren't too many examples of this in our society, but if you knew it's a felony to do this, but no one ever gets prosecuted, no one ever gets charged for committing that felony, how powerful is it to say to people, we know that nobody who's a non-citizen signs up to vote because otherwise they'd be committing a felony. But a felony that nobody ever gets prosecuted for, it kind of is meaningless. It's like saying, well, there's a rule against that. And you say, yeah, do they ever enforce a rule? No, not ever. Well, in that case, the rule doesn't mean anything, does it?
6: It does not. It's impotent. And not only that, I asked, uh, well, oh, she didn't even, I didn't ask this, but she volunteered it. They can vote in local elections, which means they have a voting record, which then can elevate them to federal voting.
0: Or the other way around, Tori, and I've warned people about this, the state of Arizona has already come out and said, if you come in, we require citizen. we require people who want to register to vote to be citizens and bring proof of citizenship. And then they were asked, and this is written in their rules, well, what if I come in and I don't have proof of citizenship? Well, then we still register you to vote, but you can only vote for president, senator, and representative. And you say, hold on, does that mean an illegal alien could walk in and register to vote? Oh, yeah, but they'd be committing a felony, and you know that felony, that'll keep those illegal aliens and non-citizens from voting. Well, Tony Golig just proved it doesn't stop anything. It's First Amendment Friday. The Lars Larson Show.
7: difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the volunteer fire service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org That's makemeafirefighter.org Thank you.
5: Talk at LarsLarson.com. He actually reads them. More with Lars right now.
0: Welcome back to Lars Larson Cho on First Amendment Friday. We're going to get back to your phone calls and emails shortly. First, I want to talk to our friend Jonathan Cho, who's a journalist with the Discovery Institute, and he's dug up a really interesting story because it at least gets at the surface level. I'm not faulting you, Jonathan, but I've told people for a long time there is now a homeless industrial complex Uh, throughout the Northwest and in many places in America where there are non-governmental organizations that have now signed up to get millions, in some cases, tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer money uh, because they allegedly help people get off the street. And the more they are unsuccessful, the more money they're going to get and the more years this will go on. So, Jonathan, welcome back to the program.
8: Hey, Lars, uh, you hit it right on the head. The homeless industrial complex really is too big to fail.
0: It is. And, and I mean, the fact that it's about a half a billion dollars in the Seattle Puget Sound area, a uh, quarter to a third of a billion dollars every year in the Portland Multnomah County area. What's going on in Spokane? Because this has multiple layers. There there are these so-called navigators, housing navigator, Daniel Clemmie and Dane Jensen, who say, look, We've been helping people get into housing, and what we're doing is undercutting the homeless industrial complex. So the city of Spokane is going to stiff them for a hundred grand. Would you fill in the in the details on that, please?
8: Yeah, this is a pretty stunning story. Uh, basically, the city of Spokane is now facing a potential lawsuit. Uh, they're being accused of breach of contract by two entrepreneurs, like you said, uh, Daniel Clemmie and Dane Jessen. They run Housing Navigator, and it was started actually uh, about a year and a half ago at the peak of uh, Washington State's largest homeless encampment, Camp Hope, uh, close to 600 people at one point. Uh, and there are two local guys here in Spokane, and they saw a business opportunity. Instead of this failing nonprofit model, they decided to go for-profit. And the business model was essentially get government contracts, but then pay private market landlords top dollar to incentivize them to take in chronically homeless. Because Lars, as you know, like in Portland and in Seattle, the, the false messaging is there isn't enough affordable housing. That's just not true. And their model actually exposed that. When these private market landlords realized they would get top dollar and $7,500 bonuses to house homeless people, they were rushing through the door and signing up. But what ended up happening is that, according to these fellas, they were so successful, the new mayor who came in, Lisa Brown, a staunch Democrat, decided to pull the contract, and they got the contract under the old mayor, Nadine Woodward, who didn't win, and somewhere in between this transition in the past couple months, they're saying the city terminated the contract, and that's where the controversy lies right now, Lars.
0: I mean, because when a citizen hears that, who pays taxes and pays for his own housing, and says, hold on, so the new mayor, Lisa Brown, and by the way, you do give credit to uh, Spokane Review. That's the big paper up uh, the the fish wrapper up in Spokane. Spokane
8: Review, yeah, that they broke yeah. the story.
0: Yeah, the Sue Sue Lanny Madsen, and uh, and she broke the story. And give her credit for that. But when you say, you mean these guys were too successful at actually getting people off the streets into for-profit housing and not into government housing or temporary or a garden shed somewhere called a tiny house? They, you know, they actually got them into real housing, and they were so successful, they got fired for being too successful because Lisa Brown doesn't want that or it threatened some of her friends in the rest of the homeless industrial complex that isn't nearly as success- as successful.
8: Well, that's the allegation right now. And, of course, I, I took it to Lisa Brown, uh, the, the current mayor of Spokane. She's only been on the job for a month now. And she's denying everything. She, Her alibi is that this happened under the old regime. Now, technically, she's correct, but it was that transition... Period. I reached out to the former mayor, Nadine Woodward, and she declined to comment the story for for various reasons, I'm sure. She's just trying to move on to this new regime now. But basically, there are still so many unanswered questions. And, And these fellas who genuinely put in basically their life savings, got investor dollars, are now facing bankruptcy and homelessness themselves because they can't get this money. From the city, and you may not know this, your listeners may not know this, but uh, many in the homeless space, when they're getting these government contracts, they don't get the money up front. They have to put their own money up. So in this case, they used hundreds of thousands of dollars to house all of these people, and they're owed now this money, and they're trying to claw it back.
0: And and by the way, Jonathan, I understand the idea that when a new politician comes out to replace the uh, comes in to replace the old politician, you could say, well, that was a dumb decision made by the last guy or the last gal in this case. But what you could do, since this is one of the biggest front and center problems for any city in the northwest i mean any city of any size has a has a homeless problem seattle portland uh, spokane tri-cities they're all they've all got problems with it if the new mayor walks in and says okay i know one of the biggest deals is homeless what's working well that was working but they got fired you say well if they got fired and it was working bring them back let's correct
8: that right now that's what a new mayor could do couldn't they technically you're right and i asked her that question point blank but she declined to comment about that huh. piece because again she's concerned that this could potentially go to litigation uh and that's well uh,
0: hold again, on be- if they pay these two if they pay daniel clemmy and dane Jessen, if they pay them the money aren't they going to be happy to, to drop the litigation
8: yeah, yeah and i think and that that was my point Lars. i think the behind the scenes now according to my sources here they're furiously trying to work something out, because this is horrible PR and bad optics. And in fairness to the new mayor, Lisa Brown, she doesn't want this controversy hanging overhead as she's trying to move forward uh, with her administration and deal with the homeless crisis, which is very visible here in Spokane. I'm sitting in a car right now talking to you in downtown Spokane, and there are several tents. Uh, There are people on fentanyl right now. Uh, right in the middle of downtown, so this is a situation, a crisis that uh, they, they want to address, and they can't be dealing with uh, these types of controversies. Well, right a now.
0: long time ago, Jonathan, I I was proud to live in Spokane for a year. I worked there for a year, and then I moved on to another job. But it's a great town. But I've also seen it since. I saw it last summer. My granddaughter, you know, and I and my and my wife went to uh, Northern Idaho to go to Silverwood. It's a, it's a nice park. It's all, it's all everything with Disney except without all the Disney toxicity right now and and I can't <laughs> recommend them well and I've got no tie there other than I spent a bunch of money there you know to take Payson for a great day at Silverwood but when we she loves staying at the uh, the uh, Davenport in downtown Spokane it's a great town but you're right it's it's got it's got homelessness and drug addiction and and just it's really wrecked the downtown to a large extent from the way I remember it and and it would be great to see it come back to a wonderful town again and I would hope that the new mayor would say hey what's the problem here you owe us 100 grand okay let's see the contract yep we owe you 100 grand cut him a check I mean do it whatever way you have to do it that's legal and then say now we'd like you to keep doing the things you're doing they put dozens of people into permanent housing correct
8: that's correct and they have the track record and they were so successful again they believe that again, this undercuts and embarrasses the current nonprofits that have failed to do their job with much more money and much more time. So uh, this is definitely a story uh, that is ongoing. There's going to be a part two. Uh, a lot of allegations about Lisa Brown and her connection to the Washington uh, State Department of Commerce, uh, where she was the lead over there, and they were responsible for allocating a lot of the funding to Spokane. So. Again, uh, a lot more to the story right now.
0: Okay, and and just to do the math, because, Jonathan, you know about me. I love math if you put two dozen people in permanent housing for a hundred grand that's four or five grand a piece in seattle and portland they are talking about spending ten times that amount per person to get people into temporary housing for god's sake so if these guys have figured out you know the magic way to get people into permanent housing for four or five grand a piece it's still expensive but it's about that tenth the cost of what some of these other crazy cities are spending to do far less so congratulations on the story That's Jonathan Cho, one of the journalists at the Discovery Institute. Back in a moment, it's First Amendment Friday. I'll get to your phone calls and your emails. And then we'll talk about the big sweep that ICE did on a whole bunch of really, well, to use Joe Biden's expression, bad dudes like Corn Pop. Except these are illegal alien murderers and child assaulters. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, even a new business
0: startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds?
1: Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.
5: Right on the left coast. Get it? Here's Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show and First Amendment
0: Friday. Steve Moran writes in and says, Lars, it just occurred to me, because I mentioned earlier this hour, the 1.4 metric tons of liquid heroin that was seized a few days ago by the cops in the Northwest. 1.4 metric tons of liquid heroin. And Steve says, Lars, it occurred to me there have been no supply chain issues with fentanyl or heroin. And I'll bet the cartels and the associates didn't wear masks or get COVID shots either. You're absolutely right about that, and that's a very good point. Maybe we should put the cartels in charge of supply chain. Our poll on X today, where Capitol Police in Washington, D.C., right to drop all charges for uh, congressional staffers having gay sex inside the Capitol building in various places like the cages and even in some congressional hearing rooms, and then putting videos of that gay sex up online. Nobody's going to be charged, according to the Capitol Police. They are kind of selective about who they charge. Let's go to Brad. Brad, thanks for listening on the Radio Northwest Network. What's on your mind today?
9: Hey, Lars. Since I retired a couple years ago, I've been trying to follow the legislative session and all the...
0: You must be terribly bored. The court. Right. Yeah, well... No, but I'm but glad you're doing kind of, I'm glad you're doing
9: it. Well, Right. right. So that we have the short session that starts on Monday, and each legislator can uh, submit two bills. So they have to prioritize what are the most important issues. So here's a couple that I call frivolous, but they they somebody thought these were important. One would re- uh, give grant money to private landowners who have beavers that live on their land. So that's uh, apparently important to somebody. What, what are the
0: beavers going to do with the cash?
9: I have no idea. And then another one would create a new state holiday to teach people about heart disease that is common but is often not diagnosed. And I think, you know, those are crazy. But on a more serious serious note, uh, there's one important one on taxes. They want to put up for a vote of the people to put into the Constitution an Oregon property tax that would fund public safety. So I'm guessing they want all of the state to help fund uh cops for the city of portland or something I'm not you, you sure. had it
0: you have it nailed right there and and what they yeah. want to they, they want to state property tax in the worst way the other thing that does brad is right now whether people know it or not oregon has 36 counties every single county has property taxes and it's the county that collects them well why is that important About a third of it, I think, by the Constitution goes to education. The other two-thirds goes to general government, to city and county government. And so the reason they want control of it in Salem is because then they have a much tighter control. The people have very little ways to change it. If at the local level your county says, hey, we want to raise a levy, We want to raise it for fire or police or parks or whatever they want to get the money for. They have to go out and actually convince the voters to vote for that levy. You put it down in Salem, it's in the control of a single-party government that's run by the Democrats. And as I said in the commentary, they don't even want people using the quorum rule to try to stop bad decisions. And and now the Democrats want to reduce the quorum from two-thirds down to 50 you know, 50% plus one, which would give them even greater control. And you'd say, well, they just raised my property taxes. How do I change that? And they say, well, give the Republicans control of the state legislature. Well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. It's not going to happen. So you're right to, to center in on that one is a big deal.
9: Now, there's three on gender that I think are important, and these really caught my attention, um, and I agree with them. One would uh, tell entities to designate sports by gender, so we'd have the boys on one team and the girls on the other. And then a separate act would uh, keep males and females apart for sports, for time in prison or jail, and using some bathrooms. So I think those are both good. They are both Uh, good. here's another one an act that would prevent healthcare workers from altering a minor's sex or from referring the minor to another healthcare worker so i think those are three important ones and all of these people can follow if they're interested just by going to oregonlegislature.gov um i was able to extract all 280 uh bills because they they Put the data out there really if you know how to use Excel well, and let
0: me ask you a data. quick question before I let you go Brad how, how many of the 280 what percentage or what number do you think are not frivolous
9: well I out of the 280 there's about 60 or so that I'm gonna follow because I'm interested and I, I've classified a few of them as frivolous but um, you know, and then you can analyze, well, is, are these being sponsored by Democrats or Republicans? Usually you can tell just by, uh, by reading it, but um, you know, they, they will also want the state treasurer to stop investing money in companies that deal with coal so there's an attack on energy
0: well it's not only an attack on energy but brad one of the things that happens is if you say we're not going to invest in the things that make the greatest legal return because coal is still a legal investment then if you reduce the return guess what happens to the per's problem it gets bigger guess what happens to all those other issues because if you say well the state could have made uh, I don't know, some number, $5 billion in returns on its investments over a period of years, and it only makes $4 billion. guess who gets to make up the billion dollars they're not going to raise?
9: Yeah. So I've got two more that I think are really important. Say them real quick, because we're coming to the five. break. Yeah. Uh, one would make it unlawful for teachers to participate in a strike. So that's one. A Yeah, and the other would make voting in person the normal method for voting.
0: Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be great? Especially because we know that vote by mail, according to Jimmy Carter and a presidential commission on voting, vote by mail is the greatest opportunity for fraud. And guess what? The last few years, we've seen plenty of that. It's First Amendment Friday on the Radio Northwest Network. Large, large. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds?
1: Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to IRAadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.
3: Welcome to First Amendment Friday on the Lars Larson Show. Happy Friday! Friday is for everybody. Today, Lars puts you in the driver's seat. You talk about what you want to talk about. The government is the problem. No topic is off limits. Your lying, dog face pony all eight six six a Lars. That's eight six six a Lars. Thank goodness it's Friday. Happy Friday! This is this is First Amendment Friday
0: with Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It is First Amendment Friday, and here's my First Amendment free speech, at least in part today. Uh, I want to tell you something. We've invited the Clark County prosecutor, a guy by the name of Tony Golick, to come on the show. Now, I'm not holding my breath because I want to tell you something. There is something seriously broken with this guy. Clark County's prosecutor, Tony Golick, will throw the book at an American conservative over a case in which... The police looked into it and said, no, no, John Lee did not register falsely. We've decided there was no crime committed here. But Golick says, no, we're going to prosecute him to the nth degree. Meanwhile, when the very same Tony Golick is presented with an actual case of a non-citizen voting in American elections, not once, not twice, but for the last quarter of a century, well, one year short of a quarter century, he decides... No prosecution whatsoever. Now, if somebody can sort that out and present a naysayer view, I'd be glad to take it at 866-HEY-LARS. And if Tony Golick himself decides to come on today or next week or next month, not next year, but next month, I'd love to have him explain how that works. Instead, I'm going to turn to Angus Lee, who's an attorney in both Oregon and Washington as well as federally, and get a view of this because he represents the conservative who's got the book thrown at him by Tony Golick. Angus, welcome back.
4: Hey, welcome, Lars. Thanks for having me.
0: So tell me what's going on here, and I want to read on what's really happening, because you and I have talked about the John Lee case, where the man seeks to run for office. He's been a thorn in the side of local government, legitimately so, by providing proof that all kinds of agencies, CTRAN, tran TriMet, and others, are screwing up, and screwing up badly, and wasting people's money and their time and everything else. So he, re- he says, I'm going to register, I'm, uh, I'm going to register my address, I'm going to register, I'm going to put in my... My name to to run for office, and Tony Golick goes after him in a case. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where the investigators themselves said no crime was committed. Uh, you're the guy representing John Lee in that case. Have I missed anything? No, you haven't. And you know we have two cases here that we
4: can look at and compare side by side, and it's important to do that because. The Constitution of the United States guarantees us due process, and it also guarantees us that we won't be selectively prosecuted because of our political affiliation or viewpoint or political activity. And as you mentioned, John is a pretty political guy. He ran for office. He registered to vote and registered to be a candidate, is the allegation. And in a, in a neighboring jurisdiction and they say that that they disagree with whether or not he was a resident but the officer concluded in his report and so did the county auditor that john believed he was a resident under the law now at the same time while they're prosecuting him we come across this case that you referenced earlier where a foreign national apparently voted Twenty nine times in official elections and certified that this foreign national was a citizen. This case is investigated by Adam Beck of the sheriff's office. He's a very experienced investigator. He put a good case together. He got confessions and the prosecutor's office said, well, we're not going to we're not going to file criminal charges against somebody who committed twenty nine voting felonies across 20 years. Instead, what happened They go after John Lee. And what's interesting about that is we now have the records that show that that case was sitting at the prosecutor's office for a while. They initially declined to charge it, said that they didn't have the necessary documents. Then we find out that the auditor, Kimsey, is calling the prosecutor Golick, leaving voicemail, saying he wants to talk about this case. Then we find out there's a staffing meeting at the prosecutor's office, including Golick. Where they decided, yes, we will file charges, but you know what? they still don't even have the voting uh, registration that they say he submitted. We've been asking for that. They don't even have
0: it. Because I mean this is just just John so people leave. understand Angus, this is police you know police investigation 101 because when you say, well, we're going to investigate this guy for what? Uh, for falsely registering where he doesn't leave, Oh, do you have a copy of the registration we can look at that he falsely filed? Well, we didn't we never bothered to get that. Well, how do you, that's isn't that step one in an investigation if somebody is said to have registered in a place where they don't actually live? Let's see the registration. Well, we we never got it. Well, how do how do you explain yeah. that? How can they?
4: Well, so that's a very interesting question, and I think that what we have here is enough of a record that the prosecutor's office really needs to explain the disparate and uh, treatment and the selective prosecution because you can't explain why they filed charges against John Lee when they, they didn't have the documents, they knew they needed the documents, and they still don't have the documents. And at our last hearing, the court was very uh, surprised that they would come forward with this case uh, with, without having cut their ducks in a row, and the court even said, look, This is a very rare case to be brought. And from what we learn now in this other case, apparently they never bring these cases except for in this one particular case with a politically active individual. And the decision was made clearly by the highest levels of the prosecutor's office when they're letting foreign nationals vote 29 times
0: and they don't want to prosecute. And Angus, I made the case to my audience that every time I've talked to elections officials in Oregon and Washington and I say, How do you know uh, illegal aliens and legal aliens are not voting in the elections? And they say, well, Lars, what are you, crazy? It says right there, if you sign this document and and you're not really entitled to vote, then you're committing a felony. So we know that people would never register as foreign nationals because they'd be facing felony prosecution. Except this is one of those strange cases where you have a felony crime that is never prosecuted But the authorities that control these giant elections in Oregon, and Washington, involving residents totaling about 12 million people in both states, are saying we're using the threat of a felony prosecution to make sure that foreign nationals don't vote in our elections, except we never prosecute them.
4: Well, and, and more so, if you read the probable cause statement from Officer Beck, What he details in there is that when the Elections Department contacted this foreign national and said, hey, it looks like um, you're not a citizen, you shouldn't be voting, this is illegal, the foreign national laughed and said she didn't care and she wasn't worried about getting in trouble. Now, how could that possibly be uh, other than it's just abundantly clear that prosecutors are not going to do anything to ensure election
0: integrity. And not only that but Angus, I think there's a there's a media side to this. If you put out the word this woman she she confessed to voting illegally, she said she wasn't afraid of getting prosecuted and she's not getting prosecuted. What message does it send to an entire population? That just had 10 million illegal aliens come across the border into various parts of America, including the Northwest, when you say we've just sent the message loud and clear, go ahead, sign up to vote, vote for the guy who helped you get across the border, Joe Biden, and all the other Democrats, Cantwell and Pramila Jayapal and the rest, because... There's not going to be any prosecution. That's Angus Lee. He's an attorney in both Oregon and Washington. By the way, I we will keep inviting Tony Golick to come on. I have a feeling he's afraid to answer questions because he knows that he's been turned into a political prosecutor, I think worse even than Merrick Garland. You've got the Lawrence Larson Show. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 Exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 Exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com.
5: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google. Yeah, he's everywhere. The Lars Larson Podcast. Welcome back to the
0: Lars Larson Show. In a moment, I want to talk about a major lawsuit. Now, it's in the state of Mississippi. But it, ha- it stands to affect voting in about 19 states in America. And why those 19 states? Because in Mississippi and those 19 states, the Democrats have decided, even though you've got vote by mail, even though you've got vote by mail where the ballots go out weeks before the election, and you would think if you've got a ballot in your hand three weeks before Election Day, how hard can it be to actually get that ballot cast by Election Day? I mean, the minute you receive it, you could pull it out of the envelope, mark your choices, stick it back in the privacy envelope, drop it in the mail with the postage already paid, and it's done. But the Democrats have also sought in various states at various levels uh, around the country to say, well, if the ballot comes in, say, a week after the election, then that's okay. And we'll still count the ballot, even if it came in that night, the next day, two days later, up to a week later, they'll still count the ballot. Now, why would they want to do it? Because it makes it easier to cheat. And I would make the point that I've never thought it was right to take any ballots after the end of Election Day. So if close of business on Election Day, and it varies from state to state, is usually 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night on Election Day. If you don't have your ballot in by that time, then your vote doesn't count. But the Democrats have wanted to go beyond all that. Well, now there's a lawsuit, and it's in Mississippi. There was a similar one last year in North Dakota. And what they've said to the federal courts is when the states say that they can count votes that came in after Election Day, Election Day was set by the United States Congress. It's for the presidential election. It's actually set in the Constitution. That's Election Day. Ballots received after Election Day should not count under federal law. Now, if you understand, and I'm not a lawyer, but if you understand how the how laws apply in the United States, federal law trumps state law, state law trumps city or county laws. So you can't have a state law that supersedes what the federal law says if the federal law says election day is the first tuesday in november every four years that follows a monday and i know that's complicated but they decided to write it that way so it would apply you know uh, on all the four-year election cycles but it's the first tuesday after a monday in november every four years is election day for president if you have a ballot that comes in the next day or the next week it doesn't count that's the essence of the lawsuit now the lawyers charge a lot more and they dress it up in some other language but that's the basics of it if that goes through an awful lot of vote by mail around america is simply going to be wiped out by it or at least the ability to take ballots after election day but it's first amendment friday let's go to your calls and if you want to join the best conversation in talk journalism it's eight six six hey lars and by the way one little breaking piece of news Airstrikes have begun in Syria in retaliation for the attacks that took The lives of three service members and left a couple of dozen service members seriously wounded in an attack on a u.s base in the country of jordan and they've apparently been striking uh with all kinds of different munitions and and uh platforms that are striking these places that are iranian proxies in syria and we'll get you more details as they're available let's go to uh terry first hey terry welcome to the lars larson show what's on your mind
10: Hey, thanks, Lars. Hey, and I didn't hear, if you said it already, um,
0: excuse me, but with those staffers that, you know, aren't getting prosecuted for,
10: for having sex in the hearing room or whatever, and I haven't heard, were they doing that while they were on the clock, one, and then two, have they been fired?
0: Uh, I, as I understand it, they moved on to other jobs, but I have a feeling there's a lot of engineering behind the scenes, and this is the way it works. You get caught, and this we're talking about the the gay guy who, along with his partner, decided yeah. they just had to have sex, had to have it not at home in bed, but they had to have it somewhere in the Capitol building, and then they decided, and we'll put it on video. I can almost guarantee it was after business hours, and then the argument would come, if you're a Senate staffer or a House staffer, are you pretty much on the clock just about 24 hours a day? But even then, even if you said it happened outside of work hours, I don't think that matters. They've done something disgusting in a Capitol hearing room, and I would say the same thing if it was a couple of heterosexuals as well. Let's go to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, welcome to First Amendment Friday. What's on your mind? (laughs)
10: Well, Lars, thank you for taking my call. Um, we first of all like to honor the um, three uh, service members that gave the ultimate sacrifice. So we say a prayer for those folks. Yes, and sir. And uh, it was a political opportunity to um, take a look two, three weeks ago when we lost two Navy SEALs in Somalia. I don't think we heard a lot in the first couple of days, but um, it's the three service members are were black they were also from georgia he is losing the black vote everywhere especially in georgia so i think it's more of a political opportunity even i think you're right because jeff
0: he's he's shown real disregard for the us military you see it every time he gets off that or gets on that helicopter either way he doesn't even you know uh, he doesn't even bother to throw a salute at the marine who's standing next to marine 1 as as the president gets on board i i mean i think Virtually every other president, and especially Donald Trump, have done that. And and then then it gets worse. I don't know if you've seen the video, but there was video of the parents of the young lady who died. Her she went. Her her nickname was Munchkin. She was kind of on the short side. Uh, a pretty pretty young lady uh, served in the military, died in Jordan in that drone attack. And he's calling her parents to tell them, among other things. He said, uh, oh, you know, I know I know what this is all about because I'm, uh, my, I lost my son in the Iraq war, which is this lie that Joe Biden tells over and over and over again. But I think you might be right that in this case, he's paying a special attention uh, because the three service members from Georgia were all black. And you're right. Joe Biden is losing the black vote at this point. Yeah,
10: and he needs to get some points on the board. Um, whether it's he'll take credit for gas prices, and they'll concoct a story for that coming down. Uh, now he cares about the military, so he needs to uh, get some points on the board, and I'm sure that the mainstream media will cover for him. So,
0: hey, well, isn't gas is gasoline actually an indictment of Biden because he said, "Well, they're down from 2023 and 2022." The problem is, as we stand here today, the national average price of gas is 30% higher than it was the day he took office. It was $2.38 a gallon. It's now in the mid mid to upper threes. So... When you're a president and and under your watch and because of your actions in attacking the fossil fuel business and vowing to put the oil companies out of business altogether and shutting down pipelines and shutting down leasing of federal lands. If gasoline has gone up 30 percent in price and he also wants to blame that on the on the uh, the Ukraine war. Even though the gas and diesel prices started going up in the summer of 2021, six months after he took office, six months after he signed all those executive orders designed to devastate the oil business. And then the price goes up and he wants to blame it on a war that didn't start until more than a year after he took office in the beginning part of 2022. Uh, that. He, he can't get away with that. And saying they've come down from last year or come down from 2022, that doesn't make any sense at all. Jeff, thanks for the call. Back in a moment, it's First Amendment Friday, 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. You've got the Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network.
5: The Lars Larson Show
10: are the licensed healthcare providers moving you to better health. They can improve your quality of life through hands-on care, patient education, and prescribed movement. No matter where you are on your health journey, your physical therapist and physical therapist assistant can help. When we work together, we feel better together. So choose more movement. Choose better health. Choose physical therapy. Visit ChoosePT.com to find a physical therapist near you or ask your primary care provider for a referral. This message is provided by the American Physical Therapy Association
5: political climate. He's the steamroller. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the program. Glad
0: to be with you and always glad to get your calls, especially on a First Amendment Friday. 866-HEY-LARS. Send emails. Talk at LarsLarson.com. Vote in our question that we post every day on X at Lars Larson Show. It's also posted on our website at LarsLarson.com. And join me in welcoming Elaine Parker, who's president of the Job Creators Network Foundation. Elaine, uh, glad to have you back.
7: Thanks for having me, Lars.
0: So all the headline stories are that the U.S. added a third of a million jobs in the month of January, and they say this is bigger than I expected and it's great news. Is it?
7: Well, it uh, it did exceed uh, the expectations, and the top-line job creation numbers um, for January as well as the GDP are strong. But these numbers don't matter to ordinary Americans who are still facing outrageous prices for groceries and gas and struggling to make ends meet. Um, these economic reports that, that come out just are not translating to Americans in practical terms because they are still living under three years of compounded inflation. And so while the rate of inflation has come down, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the rate of increase has come down. Inflation has not come down in the sense that our pricing and the cost of everything is still very inflated and people and are still suffering up, in that sense. Right? And, and inflation is increasing still at twice the rate of the Fed's target. And here's the, the threat that looms out there is from this kind of jobs report and the strong GDP is that it will convince the Fed to postpone the plan rate cuts this year and prolong the credit crunch that our small businesses are dealing with
0: yeah and, and when you take a look at the amount of money people are making and the amount of cost increases because to some extent the consumer price index is deceptive because it leaves out big categories of things that all of us have to buy to get by every day and uh you know food and or fuel and things like that so so i mean where do we stand at that point you know average average uh you know wages versus the increase the increase in average wages versus the increase in the cost of everything we need we're still underwater aren't we well americans
7: have been falling behind as far as wage increases for the last 3 years because of this prolonged inflation um and and that's very difficult for people because those at the lower end of the income spectrum i mean gas is gas is still inflated groceries are still inflated um, the, the cost of everything is still inflated. Small business owners tell us that their biggest concern um, is still inflation after all this time. Um, and it's, it's very difficult for them because they have so much trouble passing those costs onto their consumers because they're so price sensitive.
0: Yeah, and they, and they have to be priced. I mean, if your, if your actual spendable money is less today than it was three years ago, but the price of everything you have to have is bigger than the nice to haves that, that businesses might want to sell us, the things that aren't absolutely essential become a, well, I'm going to be careful about buying things because I can barely afford to afford the things I need. So the things I want, well, that that goes to the bottom of the list. That has to be the practical effect. The other thing is, in terms of the total numbers, I see the White House bragging that Joe Biden has created all these jobs. Are we back at this point at the level or near the level where we were before the pandemic?
7: we we did we reached we we did return um all of the jobs um that we lost pre-pandemic um it, it's just the problem is, is that the Biden administration takes credit for backfilled jobs that were lost during the pandemic and then the you know the few million that he's created on top of that um he hasn't created as many jobs at the same point as in his presidency that Trump created Um, If you take out the backfill jobs that I guess you could really say were originally Trump created jobs.
0: Yeah, because if, if you had a restaurant and the restaurant shut down and laid off its workforce and now the business is operating again, hired everybody back, that's net gain of zero. At that point, it has to be new jobs. And I keep seeing news UPS just announced they're laying off 12,000 people. Now, they have a massive workforce, but that's still 12,000 really good jobs that they just shed. And you're seeing it's like almost every day I'm seeing plans by companies to cut back rather than to expand. And it sounds like that's where they're going this year. Am I wrong in that impression? Well,
7: look, I mean, we hear uh, job cuts uh non stop. I mean Facebook cut jobs last year, Amazon's cut jobs, um, you know, you just mentioned UPS. Um, there's a continuous um job uh you know cutting of jobs in uh corporate america with big companies they're always shedding jobs they're always looking to cut costs in that area and that's why we have to look to our small businesses which is where two-thirds of all new net jobs are created and so we have to get our government to stop spending so much so that we can bring the interest rates down we can allow our small businesses to get enough credit to to access credit um, in an affordable way that allows them to invest in their business, invest in their employees, and expand their businesses because that's where the jobs are going to be. That's where jobs are going to be kept, not in big corporate America.
0: And by the way, if they were planning to cut back, elaine, the the no pain kind of cutback they could do right now is simply say to all the you know to all the governments they shoveled out money to, states, cities, and counties. We sent you all this money. During the emergency for the emergency the emergency is over therefore kick back all the dollars that we handed to you that you haven't spent and as I understand it that's hundreds of billions of dollars isn't it?
7: I've read the same that those numbers are very large and and what you need to remember is um, we ran a record near record deficit um, for 2023 of 1.7 trillion dollars. I know that the president likes to brag that he cut, you know, millions of dollars out of the um, deficit. Well, it was simply because COVID spending stopped. Those programs ended. and But we still hit a record of $1.7 trillion. And for 24, we're on track to hit $2 trillion. Um, and that doesn't even include consumer credit card debt, which is at a near record high as well. I mean, this economy is really... It's over the, a trillion dollars, isn't it? It is, and the growth of this economy is really being propped up by this reckless record government spending and consumer debt.
0: Unbelievable. Elaine, thanks so much. I appreciate the time. Thanks so much. That is Elaine Parker, president of the Job Creators Network. To your calls now, let's start with Rick. Hey, Rick, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind?
12: Hey, uh, I was wondering if you've seen the uh, new ads on Fox. Uh, I don't watch Fox TikTok much TikTok. these
0: days, but but I'll take your word for it. Are they for TikTok?
12: Yeah, they're, they're saying that TikTok's the greatest thing that ever happened to their life. How could information get out any better than TikTok? Everybody should be listening to TikTok. I thought this was a Chinese infiltration app.
0: It, it is. And by the way, Rick, I don't have, never have had TikTok on any of my family's devices. I won't have it in my house uh, because... It's, it is a Chinese communist spy device. And, and I know that sounds like I'm wearing my tinfoil hat too tight, but, but, you know, when we talk to serious people in, in the cybersecurity business and they say the reason, I mean, it's probably one of the best things that a country, you know, for that country, for communist China, TikTok's great. They say we're going to get all these Americans. who are all going to sign on to TikTok. They're going to see it as the greatest thing since sliced bread. They're going to install it on all their devices. Then they're going to take it into their oh, that's workplace and on TV. Yeah, well, they're going to take it into their workplace, they're going to take it into their home, and they are yeah. scooping up massive amounts of data from that, that with the massaging of artificial intelligence, that data is is a gold mine for the Chinese communists Man. to use against the United States of America. It's not going to work out well for us. And I would tell anybody who'd listen, don't install TikTok on your devices. If you have it, get rid of it. I've got no dog in the fight financially one way or the other, and I also have no dog with Instagram. We use Instagram. It doesn't have the problems that TikTok does. TikTok is letting the Chinese communist buddies of Joe Biden spy on your life, your company, and frankly, your personal business. Back in a moment, it's First Amendment Friday, and you're listening to the Lars Larson Show. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There
1: are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com. View the videos and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com attraction through our virtual reality headsets. Starlight programs are what happiness is made of. The things that make being a kid special. The simple power of a smile. Delivered to over 800 children's hospitals and medical facilities across the country can make a lifetime of difference for sick kids. Learn more at starlight.org.
11: Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of
13: food to hungry people halfway around the world.
14: But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup.
13: Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger.
10: Just like you could by giving a pint of blood.
13: The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you, whether it's by donating food or simply giving time right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy.
5: words from president reagan we the people tell the government what to do it doesn't tell us we the people are the driver the government is the car and we decide where it should go this is the lars larson show
3: (laughs) you know i was thinking about groundhog day there you know you know if the groundhog sees the shadow of joe biden you know what that means six more weeks of vacation (laughs) If the Groundhog sees a shadow of Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema, it means winter could go either way. <laughs> and down in Tuscaloosa, if the Groundhog sees a shadow of Alabama football coach Nick Saban, it's going to be the shortest winter ever. <laughs> you see, he's not very tall on his, on his driver's license. Picture you can see his shoes. <laughs> now, if the Groundhog sees a shadow of Hunter Biden, It means six more illegitimate children.
0: Welcome back to the Lawrence Larson Show. That's our great uh, parody guy, Jim Gossett. Glad to have you with me on a First Amendment Friday. And as I mentioned about 35 minutes ago... Uh, We have now seen airstrikes begin in Iraq, believe it or not, and Syria in retaliation for the drone attack that took the lives of three service members and also wounded about 40 others, including five so badly wounded they had to be airlifted out to uh, Langstuhl, uh, Germany. Uh, And, of course, that means that three families in Georgia, in this case, are going to see their service members not come home but to come home instead uh, to have paid the ultimate sacrifice on behalf of this country. Glad to be with you and always glad to take your phone calls and your emails at 866 Hey Lars. That's 866 439 5277. Send your emails to talk at larslarson.com. And this segment of the show is brought to you by the home power generating folks at ProTech Power. Like after the uh, wind and the Storms and the snow and the freezing rain of the last couple of weeks. I know the weather's a whole lot better in the Northwest now, but make sure your loved ones are safe when the power goes out. Call 541 ONA Gen. That's 541 ONA Gen. Our poll on X today. It used to be called Twitter. Now it's X. Were Capitol Police right to drop all charges for staffers involved in those videotaped gay sex episodes inside the Capitol building? Yep turns out that they uh, they did exactly that no punishment at all so if you're a J6 protester you're going to get the book thrown at you. You might spend years in prison. If you're on the Senate or House staff and you decide it's time to have some sex in a committee meeting, uh, committee hearing room, and uh, videotape it and put it online, then no punishment whatsoever. Today's poll on X is brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at ultimatetruckservice.com. Let's go to, uh, let's go first of all to Ron in Tacoma. Hey, Ron thanks for listening on the network and on KVI. What's on your mind? Hey, Ron. I don't think Ron's awake today, so that's all right. Let's go to Rick. Hey, Rick, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? Can you hear me? (laughs) Just barely. Oh, well, here, hold on. Well, hold on. Boy, I'll tell you what, I'm having all kinds of luck on First Amendment Friday. Let's go to Stephen. Hey, Stephen, welcome to First Amendment Friday. You know, sound off, okay?
12: Hello, Lars. Thanks for taking my call from Moscow on the Willamette.
0: (laughs) I'm glad to get it. What's up?
12: Hey, um, you know, I agree with that Oregon legislator, legislator, right, about the Oregon basic rights. You know, um, because they they say they're human when they're actually subhuman. When they want to mutilate children, I was a victim of uh, sexual abuse as a child. Of my adopted father mutilated me on my genitalia as a kid. So I got Ouch. no longer support for these, uh, how should I say, uh, subhuman individuals.
0: Well, what, it, what do you say, why do you suppose it is that more parents aren't standing up to object when we tell them that OHSU uh, and the medical center there and University of Washington and the medical center there are participating in a very lucrative, they're making tons of money on this, uh, you know, operation to commit chemical castration and double mastectomies and puberty blockers on children. And it just stuns me that more parents aren't standing up to object to this.
12: Well, I would believe that would be twofold for number one. Number one, they probably, those parents were probably uh, not indoctrinated going into through uh, school and universities, and two, they're progressive
0: Democrats. But is that all of them? I mean, wouldn't you guess, since the vast majority of people in this region, the region served by our network, which is Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, the vast majority of people have not gone to college, do not have a college degree, don't have that indoctrination, why aren't they standing up saying, how dare you go out and say that it's okay to kidnap kids in Oregon and Washington, and now it seems in Montana as well, and then and then uh, bring about the sexual mutilation of those children, how can that be right? Why aren't there more people objecting to it like you are?
12: Well, because they're, they're afraid, right? They're afraid of the Democratic Party, you know, and their allies, what they may do to them, you know, cancel culture, get them fired or whatever. You know, these people are pedophiles. I agree. I'll say it. I hope they come after me.
0: Well, I I don't mind saying it. it. I mean, for instance, there are some states like Oklahoma, I just saw today. They had this drag queen who was also the principal of an elementary school. And if, if I hear anybody say, well, what he does in his private time, the fact that he likes to dress up as a drag queen and do all that, what does that matter? Does it matter anymore? that the people we put in re- in positions of responsibility for children actually lead decent lives and that they are admirable. Or or it doesn't matter if they're Drag Queen Story Hour or they're on OnlyFans or whatever. I think it matters a lot. And I'm glad that some communities are finally standing up and saying this has got to stop. You've got First Amendment Friday. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all the capital gains tax.
0: Is it complicated?
1: It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com Are you ready? <laughs>
3: to First Amendment Friday on the Lars Larson Show. Happy
12: Friday. Friday
3: is for everybody. Today, Lars puts you in the driver's seat. You talk about what you want to talk about. Government is the problem. No topic is off limits. I'm the Lion Dog Pony soldier. Call 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-HEY-LARS. Thank goodness it's Friday. Happy Friday. This is... This First Amendment Friday with Lars Larson.
0: Welcome back to Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I'm always glad to get to your calls. It is true at this point that the state of Washington has been stripping money out of your paycheck now since July of last year, and it's stripping it out to pay for something called Washington Cares, only it doesn't exactly care, and you can tell that because the program itself is designed to fail. We've been talking about it for some time. Uh, In theory, it would take care of you If you ever need long-term care, the problem is the money that's offered is absolutely and totally inadequate, number one. But number two, that's after you get past the question of all of these people who are paying into it. Are they all entitled to actually get benefits on the program? And the answer is no. So it's like buying insurance that doesn't actually cover you for anything because you're disqualified from getting most of the benefits. And that just doesn't seem right to me. I take it that Elizabeth Hufty, Hufty sames shares my point of view on that. She's a research analyst and director of the Center for Worker Rights at Washington Policy. Elizabeth, welcome back to the program.
13: Hello. Thanks for keeping this issue on your listeners' radars, Lars.
0: Well, it should be because... In, you know, I guess in the great scheme of things compared to the sales tax or the, uh, you know, the carbon tax and a lot of other taxes that are laid on workers, it might seem like a relatively small amount, 58 cents for every $100 that a paycheck worker makes in the state of washington but i don't care if it's two or three hundred dollars it still matters if they're taking the money and really for a lot of the people who are having the tax withdrawn from their paycheck uh, they don't stand to get any kind of any kind of meaningful benefit for it at all you think that's a fair assessment
13: that's a fair assessment, and part of the, the biggest problem with this is you're taking money from low-income workers, and in some cases, they're going to be handing that money over to people with more resources than they have and people who don't need depend, to depend on other taxpayers. It's a crazy backward program.
0: Should we remind people of all the ways that you can be disqualified from getting any benefit from a program that you're specifically having money taken out of your check to pay for?
13: yeah you know that's a good segue too to what i was going to talk about next the um if you move out of the state no matter how many years you've paid into this program you cannot benefit from it if you should happen to qualify and need long-term care Um, but there's a bill in front of the house uh, there's a bill moving in the house and senate right now that would have to do with making the benefit portable so people who move out of the state could continue to make payments into their wild care account and if they met the year qualification required for making you eligible could therefore maybe benefit if they met other qualifications The other option is they could opt out, and I assume that means the money they paid in to date would just disappear. However, they wouldn't have to keep paying. So that's one of the bills related to walk care being talked about in this legislative session. But it started being talked about right after an initiative to the legislature was certified by the Secretary of State that would make law cares and its tax an optional rather than mandatory program. And I was glad to see that fact not lost on some of the committee members because like me, they wonder if that bill in particular would create an alternative to the initiative that would be placed on the ballot along with 2124, potentially tricking people into thinking the legislation would make the program optional, which it doesn't. It makes it portable and sort of only.
0: But well, and if they go optional, thing. let me ask you this. Have any of the, because part of the idea of insurance, you know this, I mean, my wife used to work in the insurance business. For a time, I had a license, although I never actually used it uh, to help her out. But the idea of insurance is you say, I'm going to sell a fire insurance policy to a million homeowners. And we know that only, Mm -hmm. you know, say 2,000 of them are going to see their house burned down every year. So you collect a little bit from 1 million and you pay out benefits to 2,000. That makes sense. But if you make it portable, I mean, I would like to see the program die altogether. But if you make it uh, optional and you say you don't have to be in this, I would guess the vast majority of people are going to say, fine, I don't want to be in it. And they'll they'll jump out of it, which is going to take almost all of the financial support of it, and, and it'll go away. Then the thing dies, doesn't it?
13: Well, I don't know exactly what would happen, but Initiative 2124 does exactly what you say. It makes it optional. And most people who have looked at the merits and the disqualifications of this program would agree that it's better to jump out and invest in real estate or save your money or get a private plan that you have more guarantees around. So I do think it would kill the program.
0: Well, and one of the reasons people don't go out and buy long-term care insurance, I think, Elizabeth, is that uh, it is very, very expensive. And so I think what Jay Inslee and his buddies were saying was, let's collect this tax will tell people it's going to help them out with long-term care. And if they've ever priced long-term care insurance, they say, well, that's going to be thousands of dollars. And Jay and his buddies come in and do what would be fraud in the private sector by saying, oh, no, we can give you a program for a couple, a few hundred dollars a year taken automatically out of your paycheck. And people hear that, and uh, and they don't think about what mom and dad taught them, which is, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is because they can't match what private long-term care insurance would, uh, you know, would cost several thousand dollars and you're going to get right. it for 300, it doesn't work. It doesn't work financially unless you tap into the taxpayers again, which is what I think they plan to do.
13: I think so too. That's what's happened with the paid family medical leave and it should be noted that even a long-term care private long-term care insurance plan before this this um, long term care scheme from the government came in. They were able to offer a, a an insurance product to people that gave them the same potential benefit someday thirty six thousand five hundred or more then the state was going to at a low price so there are good plans there are bad plans there are plans that will cover your costs there are ones that won 't there are life insurance add on plans so but my point is not that it should have ever been, the, is that it should have never been between a private plan and a, and a social uh, state program. People save for life needs in all different ways and forms, and they have all different kinds of needs. People might not all have this one need. So I just think it's a misguided Program all the way around and benefits too few workers, especially the low income workers who are going to have to subsidize long term care services for people with more resources than they have.
0: And it sounds like it may either go to a public vote or the legislature, the Democrats might just try to throw something in front of the voters, say, hey, this will be just as good. And I think people, having seen what the state of Washington came up with when it comes to Washington Cares, if you got deceived the first time, are you going to believe them the second time around when they say that they fixed it? Or would you rather vote for the initiative sponsored by Mr. Haywood and say, no, we're not going to believe you the second time around. We're going to make it entirely optional and the thing will probably die an ugly death. That's Elizabeth Huthie of the Washington Policy Center. Back in a moment, I'll get to your phone calls and emails. You're listening to First Amendment Friday on the Radio Northwest Network. Hey, do you love how with me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you're in an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all the capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com.
5: Just listen for five minutes. You'll feel better. More with Lars Larson right now.
0: Welcome back to the Lars Larson
5: Show. It's a pleasure to be with you on a First Amendment Friday. Glad
0: to Take your phone calls and your emails at 866 Hey Lars. That's 866 439 5277. Send your emails to talk at larslarson.com. Vote in our poll on X. The poll on X actually has to do with the decision made by the Capitol Police. You might have heard because we We talked about it on the show that there were staffers of the United States Congress, who had decided in some cases to have sex in committee meetings, not while the committee was actually meeting, uh, but doing it after hours, and then taking videos of this sex, in this case, gay sex, although I'd have the same objection if it was heterosexuals doing the same kind of thing. And then we found out about what they call the cages, which are in the basement of these Capitol buildings, which is where members of Congress are able to store extra furniture and paper records and all the other stuff people put in storage except it turns out some of the staffers had decided it was a dandy place to to commit acts of you know sexual perversion of one kind or another and there are cameras down there and the capitol police said yep we've investigated and nobody's going to get charges so were the capitol police right to drop all charges for staffers for having gay sex inside the capitol i said no you can vote any way you like you'll find the question at Lars larson show on x and also on our website adrian welcome to the program what's on your mind
6: hey there lars i
14: just wanted to um comment on the um the strike in iraq uh i don't think it's going to um i don't think it's going to make a difference at all because uh biden didn't take out the key targets um like trump did with soleimani and so I, i just see that it's going to escalate um
0: you sound like you're a young lady, Adrian. You probably don't remember when Bill Clinton decided to send a couple of missiles into a couple of tents in the Middle East. I mean, he became famous well, as the missiles no, in the tents.
14: I was, I was born in 1962, so I'm not. I, I do remember the Clinton administration, <laughs> the whole thing. Um, but thank you for the compliment. Um, but this administration is absolutely feckless um, beyond words.
0: That's one of my favorite words lately, because there's a lot of fecklessness going on almost everywhere. In fact, I've tried not to overuse that word. But, you know, Adrian, it kind of put me in a quandary because I wanted to see some kind of response. We can't have three service members die and 40 service members get wounded and then say, well, we're not going to do anything. So do nothing is not a good option. And then, uh, you know, the option of, well, let's go. You know, let's have the military hit a bunch of targets. In this case, they say they're hitting Iranian surrogates or proxies in places like Syria and even in Iraq. And and you say, well, is that going to send the message? You know what I would have preferred? No. And I said this yesterday. the When Biden came in, Trump had already put some really tough sanctions on Iraq. Uh, on Iran yes, he did and so and and but what happened was joe didn 't reverse the sanctions or eliminate them. he just said we 're going to stop enforcing them, so Iran was able to jack up its oil exports to the tune where they said the first year that the non enforcement of the sanctions was, in effect, meant about $50 billion to the country of Iran, of Iran, which is a tremendous amount of money into the pockets of people who are, by by anybody's estimate, the biggest sponsors of terror on planet Earth as a state. And so you said, and then he unfroze $6 billion uh, and said, but it's only going to be used for bandages and good stuff, like humanitarian things, which was hogwash as well. If Joe Biden were to say like he's being forced to say on so many other things, I think I'll go back to the Trump policy, which, as you understand, is not very likely to happen because he wants to do anything, you know, on the border, anything but the Trump policy on Iran, anything but the Trump policy anything. on the on the JCPOA. You know, so I get it. I wish I wish he takes take some meaningful action and send the message to the people who are sponsoring this stuff.
11: I wish
14: he uh, would would put a chokehold on them like Trump did, and they they dare not mess with um, our men and women. Um, It's just, and then to wait this late to do something because they don't want to escalate, they don't want to start. It's just beyond me, and it's it's just frustrating. And I can't wait till twenty twenty four when we get Trump back in the office.
0: Twenty twenty five. I wish it was twenty twenty five. You're you're just engaging in wishful thinking. Adrian, you you wish he was, because if Trump walked in there today, do you remember when they made the big deal a couple of months ago because he said he would be a dictator, and now they're all running around. See, he wants to be a dictator. He said, I want to be a dictator on day one, and I'll do two things. I'll shut down the border, and we'll drill, drill, drill. Drill. And and how many Americans do you think, If they said he's going to act like a dictator on day one and cause us to start drilling for oil and natural gas and shut the border. And those are his two dictator acts. And after that, he'll just go back to being the best president of the 21st century. I think, you know, Trump's going to win uh, big and we have to win big this year because otherwise they'll cheat. Absolutely.
14: Absolutely. Well, Lars, thank you and have a wonderful weekend.
0: Thank you, ma'am. You have a wonderful weekend as well. It's First Amendment Friday. Let's go to uh, let's go to Ed. Hey, Ed, welcome to First Amendment Friday. What's on your mind?
15: Hey, Lars, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I have, What's up? I have an
9: idea. Okay. Uh, we need to lock the border down. But, you know, as a veteran, it just saddens me to see all my brothers and sisters not being taken care of. When they come back from war or whatever, I say take the B.A., who knows where all these people are, and use them
0: to lock the border down. Well, first of all, thanks for your service thanks for your service. And second, I agree with you that we've got to do something for homeless vets and for vets with other problems. But a job is not the problem that they're up against, because America has had for the last several years, millions of unfilled jobs. But isn't it true that most of those vets who are homeless, we have other problems that they have, which which we have to address. And And if you gave Joe Biden, 50,000 additional border guards. What do you think he'd use them for? Well, I don't
9: want to talk about Joe Biden. I don't even think he's the uh, legitimate president anyway.
0: Trumper. No, no, he admitted, I do you know we ran a soundbite a couple of mm-hmm. days ago where Joe Biden was talking about issues, and he said, uh, can you believe that... Donald Trump said this, and then he referred to him as the sitting president of the United States. Even Joe Biden admits that 2020 was a fraud, and we have the soundbite of Joe Biden saying that. In in Joe Biden's yeah. own mind, maybe occasionally he does simply uh, slip and tell the truth. I I thoroughly believe that myself. But you kind of uh, have I, to I talk don't... about Biden when it comes to the border because. What has he done with the Border Patrol agents that he has, more than 50,000 of them? He's used them to speed up the entry of illegal aliens. If you give him another 50,000 homeless vets or not, he's just going to make, you know, he's going to turn Customs and Border Protection into a concierge service for millions of illegal aliens and just find faster ways to move them across that border. So lack of manpower is not the reason that Joe Biden can't hold the line on the border. And this lie, Ed, the lie that they're telling where they say, well, if you just give him the resources, Donald Trump with the same resources that Joe Biden has today managed to bring about the lowest level of illegal aliens coming across that border. Joe Biden, with the same resources that Donald Trump had, has managed to bring about the highest number of illegal aliens in all of American history. And you're listening to The Lars Larson Show.
5: The Lars Larson Show.
7: Portal. Inside of me is gone. I am whole. I'm finally enough just as I am.
11: The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is changing the lives of teenagers at risk of aging out of foster care. Like Daisy,
6: every child deserves a permanent, loving home. You can help. Learn more at daveThomasFoundation.org.
3: St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus.
2: And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
5: He does the work so you don't have to. Bringing the political heat. He's Lars Larson.
0: Welcome back to the Lars Lars Larson show. It might strike a lot of you as a bit ironic that there were a lot of American lives and a lot of American treasure that was spent in the global war on terrorism, only to find an America now headed by Joe Biden that's simply allowing terrorists to flood across our border. So I thought it'd be especially interesting to talk to Namrata Singh Gujral, who is the creator of a new documentary called America Invaded. Namrata, welcome to the program. Lars, thanks
11: for having me.
0: Now what inspired you to make put this documentary together and how did you manage to have the, I guess, happy coincidence that it comes just as America is marking about ten million illegal entrants to the United States across our southern border, including a stunning number of known terrorists, convicted criminals and the like?
11: Yep. So um a couple of years ago I had put out another documentary titled America's Forgotten, and um It was on the immigration issue, on the border, but it had a lot to do with humanitarian stuff going out of the border, et cetera. And I was uh, doing screenings across the country, and a Gold Star mom uh, reached out to me in Houston after the screening, and she said, I love your movie, I loved everything you did, but I wish you'd paid more attention to national security. And national security was not an angle that we had investigated with America's Forgotten. And as we kind of started looking into it, we were making a sequel to the film, uh, we just ran into this whole thing two years ago well before we are now discovering as America at large about the terrorists we started finding out a couple of years ago we got some interviews south of our border and the rest of history we made the movie and it's just coincidental it's coming out it, it's releasing today
0: and is it releasing in theaters or streaming or where can people act I know this is going to be the question I'm gonna getting i'm on is where can I Absolutely. get to it?
11: it's Yes, it's com. There's a few channels. We're going to be doing what's called a rolling release. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be adding more streaming channels. But this weekend, we're on, uh, we did a partnership with Salem Now, uh, and we also have a partnership with Rumble. We're going to be on their homepage and you yep. can also watch the film. We're trying to promote other platforms that are interested in showcasing good content in America. That allows the American people to understand what's
0: happening. And, and in our by country. the way, do you worry at all? Because this is one of the concerns I've got. We've been on Rumble. We're on Instagram. We're on a number of those platforms. We're also not on places like YouTube and others because they tend to let you build a following, and then they say, "Oh, you said something that we think is impolitic," and they kick you off. And so I just, my producers, and I just said, "We're not going to bother with that." Do you worry about getting throttled by some of these platforms?
11: Absolutely. So when I released America's Forgotten, I remember we had a green light from Amazon Prime and they put it back for re-review. What is a re-review? I mean, when you review it, you know, by essence is a viewing of the picture and reviewing it and green lighting it. And then we we raised hell. And after a few weeks, they finally put it on. It did really well. So this time around, I just I think it's important for filmmakers like me to support the platforms that support our content and part of the way i can support the con the, the platforms is by letting them have uh the privilege to release the picture first because if we're just going to continue to give it to platforms like YouTube or prime or others that don't care then i mean at the end of the day what does it matter we're not really doing anything beneficial for platforms that are trying to help us so i made that very important decision this time to only put it on platforms initially that support um i wouldn't say conservative just conservative causes but common sense causes
0: yeah and and by the way Namurata, i i always look for a way where it's going to intersect with my audience as close as possible because a lot of the issues we talk about are sometimes things that are a bit distant But in the case of the border, you know, when I've gone to events like Feet to the Fire and I meet people who spend a lot of time on the border, and they'll come in with stacks of thrown away picture ID, and I'll tell you why this is relevant, and and I say, oh, well, why is this thrown away? And they say, well, because this is clearly thrown away by somebody who's from Cuba, who's from uh, some other country where being identified as Cuban when you get to the border is not going to be convenient. You want to tell the Border Patrol, well, I'm from El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, those are countries in good odor with the uh, biden administration and then they'll let me in and people wonder well what happens then well then the border patrol says who are you where are you from what's your name what's your date of birth and you give them i guess whatever you want to give them you know so the guy from cuba gives you a fake name a fake country of oregon origin and a fake uh, you know fake dob and they put that down on a piece of paper and how does this become relevant When they go to Tucson Airport or any other airport with the free airline ticket that American taxpayers have paid for and they're about to get on, the Border Patrol literally has institutionalized their fake ID. They say, well, if you told the Border Patrol your name is this and your DOB is this and your country of origin is this, it matches our record. So go ahead and get on the airplane. And you've actually allowed them to create a fake ID, a fake identity with the help of the administration, and here's a free plane ticket on top of all that. And we remember why we have the tough, you know, TSA security at the airports is to tell all Americans we have to keep America safe by running you through screening. So if you show up without your picture ID, you're not getting on. But this guy who was at the border, you know, two weeks ago and lied about who he was, threw away his picture ID because he didn't want to be identified as who he actually was, is getting on the airplane with you.
11: Yep. So, Lord, not only is that, by the way, happening on a daily basis at this point, multiple times a day, and not only is that outrageous, you spelled it out correctly, not only is it outrageous, but let me explain to your audiences, currently, in the current scenario, how dangerous that is. We have a story in America Invaded of a guy called Muhammad, and I want to make it very clear, we actually, not all Muslims are fundamentalist Islamists. There are some great people in the world, and they're Correct. But unfortunately, jihadism is an important section of Islamic funda- fundamentalism, right? We have a story of a guy called Muhammad. He comes to the border in Mexico. We track him. He changes his name to Martinez. He lives in Mexico for several months. He learns how to speak Spanish. He learns the culture. Again, you know, with the skin tone. Look, I'm an immigrant of color. I'm a, I'm a person of color. I'm brown-skinned. I mean, if I went to the Middle East or I went to Mexico, I could be either, right, with the way yep. I look. Yep. He comes in. So, so think about that. The, the Muhammad Martinez story, I call it, in the, in the movie. The Muhammad Martinez story is happening several times over every single day today in the U.S. And when you got Martinez coming in and you think you're being humanitarian, in a lot of cases, it's not Martinez, it's Mohammed from Yemen or Afghanistan or Iran who was, five days ago, burning the American flag before he boarded that plane to come to Mexico.
0: No, and the end result is, we all remember the, you know, the story endless stories where they were done on the fake driver's licenses from the 19 hijackers on 9-11. And you say, okay, we can't let that happen. Now we've literally got, and I have to say it's Joe Biden's Border Patrol, because it's his policies that these men and women are being forced to enforce, that say... We're going to actually facilitate people creating a fake identity. If they tell the border agent, this is my name, this is where I'm from, they will, you know, put you in the system and literally the system that they check at TSA is to look in the system and say, well, what did you call yourself at the border? I called myself this. Okay. That's your official name. You're officially in our records. You're safe. And they have, they've yep. created the you know, the very thing that would be illegal for Americans to do, making fake ID, trying to get it past TSA. That's a crime. And yet they're actually helping these people to do it. You've got to see this story. It's America Invaded. Its uh, producer is Namrata Singh Gujral. Uh, Ms. Gujral, thank you so much. Uh, and good uh, best of luck to you, and thanks for doing this.
11: Lars, I appreciate it. com, and thank you so
0: much. Very good. AmericaInvadedFilm.com. Your calls are welcome on a First Amendment Friday, 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And you're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. Hey, with me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you're in an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 Exchanges? Then go to 1031Exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 Exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com.
5: He has small-town politics with big-town opinions. This is The Lars Larson Show.
3: Welcome
5: back to The Lars Larson Show on First Amendment Friday, live
0: on the Radio Northwest Network. It is a pleasure to be with you. In Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, we endeavor to supply the Northwest with honestly provocative talk on a daily basis. And we always put naysayers to the head of the line. So, Pete joins us now. Pete, what what do you and I disagree about that makes you a naysayer? Hello? Pete? Hello? Yeah, hello? Hello? What makes you a naysayer? Yeah. Well, I know you, you said something about the... Uh...
15: Biden, I'm just nitpicking. Uh, Biden said something about the sitting president and you. Uh, he called Trump the
0: sitting president
15: uh, of the United the States. Yep. Yeah, you, you parlayed into you being a naysayer
0: that. Yeah, I think huh? I don't know what Biden was talking about. I'm not. A- I do. You would you like to hear the soundbite? Let's go ahead and play the soundbite so everybody yeah, can yeah, hear yeah, it. Yeah, Take yeah. a listen to what Joe Biden said a few days ago. Let me tell you who else is noticing that. Donald Trump. <laughs> Did you see what he recently said about
4: that the, the, he wants to see the economy crash this year?
0: Yeah. the sitting president. As he say in my faith bless me, Father, for... I mean, come on, man. <laughs> now, he, yeah, heard of that's that, the president, that's you. Joe Biden referring to yeah, Donald I Trump as the sitting say. president of the United States. Did I hear that wrong? Yes, yes, sir. Well... It's uh, like the movie said, it's a failure of communication. Yeah, well, Joe Biden is one big fat failure of communication. But you were trying to say that it was out of context. That was exactly the context he gave. Matthew Boomla joins me now, the Clark County GOP chair. Hey, Matt, you've got big uh, caucuses happening tomorrow. You want to advise people how to take part?
4: Yeah, thanks Lars for having me on again.
0: So tomorrow we're going to
4: be doing uh our caucuses for every precinct in the county at the Clark County Fairgrounds
0: Convention Center. Um we're gonna be doing credentialing starting at 830 s when the doors open up and we will be having a hard stop at nine fifty-five. We'll be closing the doors, not letting anyone else in from there. But we'll be doing our caucusing, getting delegates, alternates. Uh for anyone that wants information on what to do, what is the caucus all about, they can go to ClarkRepublicans.org and get all the information on their precinct, what they need to do. But we hope we get a lot of good Republicans that come out tomorrow. We're really excited. Absolutely. And to make up for the uh, caucuses that were uh, canceled because of the weather, that's Matt Bulma, the chair of the Clark County GOP. Let's go to Craig. Hey, Craig, thanks for listening on the Radio Northwest Network. What's on your mind?
15: Thank you, Lars. I have a couple of thoughts on election integrity. Yeah. The first one is that... questions about election integrity arose almost immediately and if Joe Biden was a man of integrity, he would have given a call to Donald Trump and said, you know more important than whether I'm president or you're the next president is that Americans have confidence in the ele- integrity of our elections. so let's work together. let's put a team together that will look through this and
0: if I lose, all concede. I think that's and a fair way to say it. But, of course, Joe Biden doesn't have any integrity, does he? Exactly.
15: And the second thought
0: is about uh, collecting ballots
15: after the polls close. Yep. And it, it let me give an analogy. It's not an exact analogy, but nine innings of the baseball game are finished, and the score is 9-8. to eight. And the... Uh, Team that lost said, "Well, we need to play another inning." Yep. Uh, the difference is that when they play, if, if that would be absurd, but let's suppose they did that, the difference would be is that the tenth inning would be played out in front of the fans of both teams. But the Democrats said, "Okay, we're two thousand votes behind in this particular election. We know how many votes we need to, to get so that we win." So let's send the poll watchers home, let's turn the lights off, and in the morning, we'll count the votes that we've been able to collect.
0: Yep, and that's exactly what they've done. The cheating went in so many different ways. Let's go to Don in Tumwater. Hey, Don, it's First Amendment Friday. What's on your mind?
15: What's on my mind is the mental health we have some of these public entities buying these hotels. Why can't they turn one of those into a health facility like they had in the 50s and 60s when they uh, the state uh, uh, tore them down, put them out in the public and into the families that could take them?
0: You know, I don't think it's the facility that's the problem, Don. If you had a family member who has not committed a crime, and is not currently a danger to himself or others and you said well put him in there you can't do it it's illegal because the lawyers went to court and they said uh you know if somebody said don from tumwater he's crazy he ought to be locked up even if it was your own family member saying it they'd say well don has not committed a crime and don is not doing anything right now that makes him a danger to himself or others we can't take his civil rights away and just lock him up in a mental facility. That was the problem that brought about the closure of those facilities. You couldn't any longer confine those people. And I would venture to say that most of the people that you see camped out by the side of roads in Oregon and Washington and Idaho are people who are not currently a danger to themselves or to others, and they cannot be forced to stay in a mental health facility. So you could have 10,000 open rooms. And you can't put the people in them. Do you see the problem? Yeah, I do. And 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 unfortunately, both Portland and Seattle are literally spending hundreds of millions of dollars and they aren't doing a darn bit of good for all the addiction and the mental disease that's out there. All those hundreds of millions of dollars don't do any good when you can't force people to take help. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so
1: many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to IRAadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAadvantage.com.